Okay, okay. Well, welcome to the fourth episode of the Grindhouse Podcast. Um, I'm Edwin Cabrera, one-year host. Chris Martin, not of Coldplay. Not of Coldplay. Not of Coldplay. A.K. also Krita, in case you forget. So a lot of people, especially our guests that already know us, is probably going to refer to him as Krita. Um, anyway, we have Anywho. a special guest. Um, this man I've known for a, a while now, I would say. We go back. I Couple met years. him through my cousin. Um, we've always just been kept keeping in touch, um, have done some things together, have, we'll do more things together in the future. Um, this man has released uh, four albums. He's currently working on his newest album. Um, just released his last album in February of this year called Word to the Wise, so check that out um, on Spotify. Um, check out his video for One Love on YouTube. Anyway, our you special al- guest. You also made that video. I made the video, so, so check it out. Uh, Special guest, one mic is in the building. What up, everybody? Yeah. What up, man? How's it going? Yeah. Doing good. Thank y'all for having me. Yeah. We're excited to have you. I'm excited to have you. Yeah, um, yeah I'll start with... Let me start with uh, the new album. Um, what has what, what been the reception like for the new album? Um, good for the most part. Okay. Um, kind of like the trend I've been seeing throughout the years. Whenever I drop a project, I'm sick of it by the point it's out myself. Not to start it off with anything negative, um, but me, my personal reflection on it is you, you you take so much time working on the songs and crafting them, perfecting them. By the time I release the joints, I'm already tired. Out You've like listened to them so so much yeah. that it's just yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an easy thing for me to understand because it's the same exact thing when it comes to video editing. Yeah. Um, you edit a video and you watch it, like just like you say, you play it over and over again, you, you hear it all over, like over and over and over again to the point you personally get tired of it even if it was good when you first saw it you're like I can't even tell anymore because I've saw it so many times it's like it's whatever to me yeah so I definitely get what you mean when you say that if I like if I drink or I smoke I love it again yeah yeah yeah. focusing on the little things and whatnot but for the most part good people loved it a lot of people were proud and happy for me keeping the roots alive keeping that boom bap feel the storytelling the metaphors the punchlines uh staying true to myself too which has always been very important for me. I think number one rule when I go to write any record, every lyric has to be true or make some sense. It has to be something I experienced, I lived, not just to rhyme. So, um, you know, I kept it true to to rap lovers. I'm at least still doing that. Um, And people loved it. I mean, the spins don't really get out there like that as far as streams and the numbers because I'm not a huge promoter and stuff like that. I nowadays just like create and put it out there. Mm -hmm. So, but I think good from what I've heard. Cool. On, this, on this album, um, so you said you write from a personal place. You've had to have experienced it for you to write about it. Um, what kind of things do you cover on the album? I think a lot. Like, um, <clears throat> to navigate you, like, the first first song to introduce people to the album is called Believe. Uh, it's mainly about just believing when you're down, um, remembering the reasons why you want to achieve a goal, remembering what's special about you when this world does a good job at making you forget that. And, uh, you know, just anybody who has a goal or even if they don't have one in life, a passion to find one, because I think that's more important than anything the fuck else, even more than love. Find a passion in life. Everything else will come a lot easier, I think, too. Um, From there, that's how I enter the CD. It's very smooth in that way. And with that message, second song, um, let me not forget the order and shit. I tell you, I don't love it. Memory Lane. Yeah, yeah. Memory Lane is like an ode to Nas, classic track from Illmatic. Yep. I, I love that about your album, by the way. Your album is very, like, if you, it feels like it's taking you back to a certain, like, time in hip-hop. Um, just the way you rap, the way you tell the story of, like, these, like, it's very, like, 
um, cohesive in the way you like talk about different stories on your album and different things that you've experienced and also just the lyric like the the um not the lyrics but the beats are really reminiscent of like like uh like the past a little bit with within hip-hop also but just it makes you feel like you're reminiscing on the past yourself just it gets you in that vibe mm-hmm. which i really love about your album and that's mostly for us old people too i can't imagine like like i got my sister she's 16 and shit and then you know you know young people whether family or friends uh they don't really know that nostalgia feeling that we yeah, get yeah, from those yeah. boom bap beats so it is mostly for like the older crowd or at least like 26, 27 and above. But I like that it can bring people back to that. That's what I want to keep alive more than anything. Um, same thing happens in song three, One Love. Um, that's an old to my boy who did 10 years. He was the reason I even started rapping. Um, as well as paying homage to Nas's record One Love too. And, so. and actually, let's talk about One Love for a second because I mean, like just we just we, like you said earlier, I shot the video for yeah. it. Um, we've collaborated on it um, and just coming up with the concept of the video for it. And it's your peoples who actually star in the video, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that we don't really get to fully, because there, there's a whole concept behind the video that really stayed true within the song. And so people hear the song, you can you know, hear what the song's about. But let's get a little bit of a backstory to, to, to what inspired you to make the songs. Who is the person that, you, that inspired you to make the songs? Mm-hmm. And talk a little bit about create, creating that song. That song, by far, longest I ever took in my life to write a record. I had the idea for it for like four years, and I had pretty much the first verse finished, but I didn't want to touch it unless it was perfect. It was like, I did half of it, had the first verse and the chorus more or less done, and I stashed it. Mm -hmm. I had to wait till the time was right. Um, So about three and a half years ago, I was starting the record. Um, I put it away for a while. Um, The whole first verse, it kind of got you through a phone conversation with me and my boy was in uh, federal prison at the time. Yeah, and who who we say who your boy is? Uh, Blacksmith. 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 So he's a hip hop rapper. He's a hip hop artist from Lynn. Also. From Lynn, Mass. Yeah. So that's the same city. And um, shout out Blacksmith. Shout out to Blacksmith. That's the big homie right there. Um, the main inspiration why I ever even decided to start writing. Um, I used to just be fascinated at parties. He's the first freestyle rapper I ever seen in my life. So I just always had that kind of like awe about him. And kind of like that Jay-Z Little Wayne type where never writes anything down. All his records are here. And I just, it was mind-blowing for me. It didn't make sense. But I knew I was fascinated by it. And I was curious. So he got locked up. Um, won't tell no details, but he had to do a bid. Mm-hmm. And on the way to go visit him, um, I remember I heard King Los on the, on the car ride on the way there. And I looked over to my best friend, who now is my manager. And I told him right there, I want to start writing. So... Ten years later, right before he got out, too, for the record, um, I had him call me from the prison phone and uh, recorded him so I can in- integrate him into the song as well, too, which is even more special. That's dope. So yeah. it's like a natural conversation back and forth with me and him. I remember, like, Capone and Noriega had a track like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what the whole track's about, more or less. Um, classic boom, bad beat. I had to call it One Love because if you listen to Nas's One Love, you know, first verse starts with... Um, him, his boy in the pen reading a letter yeah, yeah. and is updating him on the streets, you know, uh, baby moms, who did this, who's doing what now, and this, this, and that. So I kind of do the same thing with the first verse, but with a phone call instead. And just like Nas is one love, second and third verse um, is him trying to kick wisdom and knowledge to the youth. So um, it also follows that template as well, the song. Right. And, and let's talk about the message of the song. So what are you, what are you getting at in the message of the song? The message... Mostly for me is um, if you're going to hustle, whichever way, whatever you are doing with your hustle, and it is something that may be illegal, um, just don't be flashy about it. Be smart about it. 
are you doing it for the right reasons? Are you taking care of people? Are you taking care of something? But if you are, just be smart about it, as in don't be flashy. Because um, there's always something that can, um, you know, you can trace your steps perfectly and still somebody else can slip up and you can get caught. So for the youth, I'm mainly telling them to stray away from doing it anyways. But I know that uh, some people's life situations or circumstances, you know. Yeah, they're forced into some sort of, they need to make money for some reason. 100%. Like, lights on even, like feed. 100. Yeah. Children, if they have children, I mean, if they, you know, whatever yeah, bills. Exactly. So I'm still wary of that in the song, but like still telling them to stay smart about it. And I really, just to have them think about what are the reasons why. Because if you're doing that, and that is the case, you know, there's a good reason behind it. Um, why flash it? Why be out here with all these chains and this big car and everything? You're just asking for more trouble. So, yeah. yeah. That's the overall message. That's dope. And so let's talk about the video now. So yeah. um, I had the honor of shooting the video, which I very much enjoyed doing. Um, it was pretty much like uh, two days, but one of the days was like a few hours. We shot some like exterior stuff around. And then we had like a full day of um, of shooting, which I found really to be really cool because we got to shoot your people you grew up with. Mm -hmm. um, who who from your crew, if they can, if they're free, I know they're a little bit reserved sometimes in like putting their names out there, but mm -hmm. like, um, so your boy Joey started in the video, right? Mm -hmm. um, and he raps also, right? He raps as well. I, I wouldn't even say just rap. He like sings now. He's oh, doing yeah? like some 80s style stuff that I fucking love too. Oh. <laughs> so he's just like a whole true artist overall. And he was always dope with the fashion stuff too, so. Is he is he a part of High Class Click? Is he is he... I would say the only reason I would say no is because like High Class Click, when I first dropped my first album mm -hmm. in 2013, that was a group and it was me, my two producers, you know, brothers, best friends, but it kind of like faded away for years mm -hmm. once they all went their own paths in life and mm -hmm. whatnot. I still rap it, but it's not like a real solidified right. certain thing, you know, yeah. like a solid crew anymore. Yeah. Um, so that's the only reason. I think it's just one mic now and we're still all affiliated, but... um. Yeah, there's not really a high class like a solid squad anymore like okay. that. Yeah, okay. But he's still like family though, and uh, so he was in the video. The video, why I love it too, why it was special, because these are all my streets that I grew up on. Yeah, yeah. Same playground where we used to run home That's to right. watch fucking Dragon Ball Z and shit. So um, there's that effect to it, which I find very, very special and close to heart. Um, all the people that are in it are basically best friends, brothers, um, and my manager as well. That's yeah. dope, and they all. Played really well. Like I'm, th the acting was really yeah, good. Yeah, I think the it. video came out yeah, really well. So. Exactly. Yeah, Joey was like, a, like very interesting. I'm, I can't wait to hear more of his stuff. Almost I know he's an artist. But I haven't heard too much about what he's been releasing, but I'm he's definitely on my radar. Musically, he's been crafting stuff, plotting, just like really getting to work on it. He hasn't released too much, but I'll, I'll show you some exclusives. I, I think how old is he? I had to guess 19 now, 20. 19. He's young. He's young. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is he going by Joey as a rapper or has a. Uh... Um, Joseph. Joseph? Yeah, yeah. Word. He spells it a different way, um, but just Joseph. Word. Shout out to Joseph. Yeah, Shout yeah. out. Um, so let's talk about what I really wanted to talk about, which is. Um, and this is one of my favorite things to talk about in general when it comes to like different artists and how they like built themselves up. Um, I'm interested to know, in terms of. So you've released. Four bodies of work. Um, you started with um, Thoughts of a Troubled Youth, mm -hmm. and then Shining Minus the Diamonds, um, and then that was Then This Is Now, mm -hmm. and then this album, Word to the Wise. Can you talk about progression between each album, if there was any, but like, you know, like what you saw in like album one that you looked at, the next album, like, I gotta work on that. And then from there, what did you look at to work on the next album, and so on and so forth? What was your progression like? 
Definitely from album to album. I think most people, too, they would always give me feedback as far as, like, you can tell the progression as far as um, word choice, mm -hmm. you know, dis descriptive skills when it came to storytelling. I definitely got better uh, each project. The first CD, I was really excited. I remember I used to pride myself on the fact that it was 14 songs altogether, but, like, 12 of them were completely different from each other. Different vibes, different pace, different tempo, different type of song. And I was really excited about it. I'm like, shit, I can touch all bases. And that CD, excuse me, that CD took like three years. Because that was the first one. Right before that first album, what was going on for like the first seven years of me being an artist was trial and error. It was different engineers, different studios. Um, and really a lot of feeling down because... I guess with my voice and how the, the way I was being engineered, it just never sounded as good as it would out loud when I would rap to my friends. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, I can't remember how many times like the engineers, after like trying and trying again and again, that they'll be like, yo, maybe you should just ghostwrite. And that's just heartbreaking. Wow. Yeah, you know, Man. but it made sense. I sounded like shit <laughs> back then in the early stages. Um, did, you, did you have to find your voice? I think so. Hell yeah. Okay. And confidence behind it. Because I still sound the same. I'm the same guy with the same voice, right? That's but interesting, yeah. Pitching that, it in the booth, thing, yeah. confidence is... Every, if I show you these cringeworthy-ass fucking songs, like, the first seven years, you wouldn't even believe it. You wouldn't believe it's me. So do you think that's the secret behind, like... Because I always think, like, with hip-hop, for me, there's different criteria. That's why, like, it's hard to compare, like, different rappers and different artists. But, like, there's also a criteria when it comes to just, like, sound. Like, how you yeah. sound. And you may not be the best lyricist, but you might sound dope. I would consider Snoop Dogg to be one of those people. Where right, it's right. like, you know, he may not be, like... Like he's not like winning a Pulitzer Prize for his like lyricism or anything like that, but like yeah. he sounds like Snoop, and it's like the confidence, the swagger. Do you think that plays a huge role in like just us listening to artists? Uh, I think so. I think because right, like you just said, it could be somebody with the best lyrics on earth, if his voice sucks and the delivery sucks, you know, which could be lack of confidence, whichever yeah. pair of reasons. But if the voice isn't that good, we're not gonna bump the record again and again. Can you find it? Like, like if you like if your voice now, somebody told mm. you your voice fucking sucks. You shouldn't rap anymore. Yes. How do you find it? Yes, you can yeah. absolutely find it by repetition. I'm absolutely positive of it. There's something that nobody really taught me back then. I had to figure it out. And like I told you, it took years and years and years. Yeah. First CD, I finally, finally was in a professional booth. Gave me a little more confidence. Um, that was Wiz Dakota. He's a big, big artist out of Lawrence, Mass. And he engineered me. He gave me a lot of confidence by even taking me in. So I went in there. My my whole routine back then was rap your song about a thousand times at least, a thousand. So I don't have to be in there writing nothing. It's all memories and I mean it's all memorized and just ready to go for delivery. So there's no extra stuff going on to distract me. Um, so just repetition, man. Repetition, repetition. Knowing that you got it. Knowing that you're ready in there. There's nothing. There's no distractions up here. You go in there with a clear mind and full confidence. But I like I just told you guys. It took seven years of of wondering whether I'm even gonna be able to do this on the on the topic of voice wise for hip-hop i was just talking about that the other day i was talking about i was asking my friends um we were naming all of the people throughout hip-hop history that have this deep deep like good rap voice um some that came to mind were shine there's, there's a skinny dude from new york but he had, sounded like biggie yeah deep yeah. deep deep voice and it just sounds good for hip-hop people like um I haven't listened to a lot of his music, but another good example is Tyler, the creator, yeah. that deep, deep, deep voice. It just yeah. sounds good on yeah. a hip hop record. Yeah. Um, so it go, goes hand in hand with that, man. But you can certainly for everybody out there that would see this, too, and they're having the same ideas or wondering what their voice is and how to find it. Repetition is the easy, easy key to that, because 
um, it'll just naturally develop by yeah, itself. It seems like it serves many purposes, not just like finding your voice, but like just speaking. Yeah. You know, if you're like, well, it's like with anything you yeah. do it often, yeah. you get better at it. Yeah. You know, so. you know, I try to kick a freestyle in the car real quick, but <laughs> the second I stumble on that first, was like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you guys know the feeling. Look at, uh, compared to this. Um, when we were little kids and the first time you hear your voice on camera, you're like, yeah. most people hate it. They're like, that's not yeah, fucking yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Or if you see an old home video when you were a kid and you hear your voice and it doesn't sound like you to you. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Picture that when you record and then you, you, know, you, you finish your verse and then like, can I hear that? Yeah, yeah. You got your headphones on, you hear it, and you're just cringing. You're cringing. Yeah. That's a bad feeling. Yeah. Well, I mean, now like, it's like we edit the the podcast, yeah. so it's like we have to like listen to ourselves, mm-hmm. and it's like so such a weird thing. So kind of the same feeling, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. So that that's all. That's like the gist of what like got me to that that first CD. I was so ready to go finally, man. And uh, first CD, like I told you, that's kind of how it was. Where I was so prideful and proud, not prideful. I was proud that. All the tracks were so different. Yeah. I was like, shit, I can touch so many nice. different ranges with this. Um, now, huge jump, because now Shining Minus the Diamonds, right? I released first album January 31st, 2013. And then um, 12 months later, I released the second album. So that was a big accomplishment for me. I felt good about that, too, because these are all records that... Um, they're all original beats. I'm not doing no remixes on no famous songs, nothing. These are all my choruses. These are uh, all my lyrics... Every single bar, I even write for the singers who go and appear on my courses, uh, male or female. I like to write it for myself at first, like if I was singing, because I'm a singer up here, but definitely not out loud. I'm not yeah. no fucking singer. I've always wanted to be, because I love R&B, but I just know that I don't got that. <laughs> Maybe someday, if I continue to develop, you know? Um, Maybe that's where you can ghostwrite, if you want to ghostwrite. Oh, I definitely think I could. Um, I've even tried. I slacked a couple times, because I have a lot of male and female friends that sing, and I kind of slacked on them, but there was a lot of times where I was meeting up with artists to try to help them with ideas and with uh, lyrics as well, too, for singers um, throughout the years. Um, second CD, really cool, because the first CD was all different tracks, all from each other. Second CD was a whole body of work. Almost every, there was 12 songs. This came out December 6th around there, so same year, 2013. But now I found myself as a person. Like, not just the songs, all 12 really have... Like, they're really, um, they're all similar. They embody the same message. They embody the title, the track title, uh, the album title, Shining Minus the Diamonds. Diamonds, of course, because diamond chains and rappers. So would you say, would you say the first album you're, like, even though maybe you weren't infatuated with the thought of materialism, like, you know, material possessions were more important to you than they were the second time around with the second album? For sure. Absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. And I wasn't even just wary of, uh, of, of having that happiness within, from within. The whole second album was about that, which is really cool. It even got me like kind of geeked up about it now. Um, I figured myself out as a person. And all 12 tracks are all about that. Um, shining minus the material, essentially. And um, 1 through 12, all different types of beats, choruses, delivery, vibes, everything. And um, still embodied what the album title was about. So I was really proud about that. And another learning point, too, was I was expecting way more uh, listeners because my first CD blew the fuck up, like all around Germany, Australia, Africa, all these countries, all these countries. I remember like I used to screenshot all the countries that people were from. Just that's an amazing feeling, especially for your first project. So I expected double at least, you know, from the second project being better, better lyrically, me more polished as an artist, figured out who I am, what my voice is, what my calling is, what I want to rap about. 
and figure myself out as a person. And it got probably half of the recognition of diversity. So it took a step back as far as people weren't pumping that, like that intellectual, that thoughtful type of rap. It wasn't super intricate, but Any at least- Any to what changed? Um, in terms of the viewership? Definitely. Um, me promoting less for sure. Okay. Um, was it like a monetary thing? You just didn't have the money to promote as much as that first album or something? No, no, because I could still, first album, I always got my manager there, like, God bless and thank God for dude, because he's taking care of a lot of the finances when yeah. I don't, because I'm always right. in and out of jobs. I can't stay in one place, yeah. which is the current thing. An <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was just me. I don't like, um, Yeah. well, I didn't like, that's when I started posting less, having less of a presence on social media, mm -hmm. which right now is like 100%. I don't even care for social media, let alone use it <laughs> you at know, all. You know, it's funny. Most artists that I speak to that like, I mean, that their first thought, because like, we talk about this almost every week, but there's, I feel like there's two types of artists. The artists who just care about the art that they make and like for whatever reason, that some, sometimes equate to I don't give a fuck what anybody else thinks about it. So I don't give a fuck about posting on social media because I don't have to prove myself to anybody. I prove myself that I am an artist. You know and then there's those people who are not as good of an artist per se, or not like the artist thought, you know, th not that type of artist, but they're really good at promoting whatever they're yeah. making. Yeah. And like those people, like they find success because they just like, they don't care. They, they care more about what people think of them and they, what they think of themselves yeah. essentially. So that's interesting. interesting. You say that. It yeah, is, it right. is. There's absolutely. <laughs> I see that now more than ever. Um, you nailed it. The first one, that's me. You described me to a T because I'm just satisfied with me liking my songs now. Whoever else bumps them now, that's just a cherry on top. If it spreads, it spreads. Whoever wants to show whoever, all the better. And, you know, I always appreciate that. I always take my time to at least try to reply to everybody who leaves a good compliment or a good comment on it and reshares it. Because um, that's easy to do, let alone you. Art, most artists don't feel like it's done enough. Um, but I don't care if it goes out there, man. I don't care about posting it every day. I, I just like making records, man. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and that's how, so yeah, the second album, that's how it transpired, that's how it came out. Two in one year. Very proud. Then I spent three years working on my third album. Um, at this point, the, the same feeling I just described to you guys where I felt a lot more polished and self-aware as a person and artist on my second album. Third album, multiply that times a million now. I think right now, I'll even say on the record, my third album is 10 out of 10 flawless. <laughs> Nice. I'm absolutely obsessed with that CD, man. Hell yeah. Thank you, my brother. That thing I am proud of, proud of, proud of. Um, and more variety than the second CD, which I told you guys, like all 12 tracks kind of just, uh, you know, spiderweb from each other. They all were connected in a sense. This uh, third album, That Was Then, This Is Now, yeah. um, that one, I took three years uh, purposely, of course. I just didn't want to rush anymore, and I wanted more quality. I was still searching. You asked me earlier, like, from album to album, what was I looking for to improve? Number one, me and my manager always talked about it. Every time we go to the booth and we get in the car right away, we listen to stuff. The one thing that um, was evident then and still has not changed is we always want better quality. We're never satisfied, ever, ever, ever. A, a CD could be 99%, but if there's still that one little word where a letter wasn't pronounced fully, that bothers me. Obsessed with quality and clarity of every single vocal, every letter, everything. So quality, quality of the instrumentals, quality of the vocals, and just a really, really, really good product. Um, and I think we finally delivered that on the third album. Um, it was an honor, by the way, getting to, to have you perform. Like we had a little, I had a little thing um, where, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I had Mikey come through and perform that album. And man, listening to that live, it was just like, 
it was almost like I love it because it was like it, first of all we had the performance in my bedroom um, and then we had people there so it was kind of like a small intimate setup and listening to it live was just like listening to listening to the album like thank with you. your headphones on it was like the performance was flawless thank you thank you uh, but I was really honored to have you perform that album over there it was great as I was honored for you having me perform yeah. it too um I'm not sure if I performed those songs in many other places as well. I've done a couple of shows here and there. Well, it's an honor that you got to perform it with us. Yeah, right? I remember I was doing day ones, and I was a little nervous because I didn't recite or anything. I just went that night, and I'm like, obviously, I'm ready to go. Everything's memorized. So I get my instrumentals. I go to my engineer. Um, I tell him, leave this little ad lib, drop the beat here, et cetera. You know, fine-tune, refine the beat for a performance. And I've never sung the chorus to day ones on a microphone out loud live. So I was like, how the fuck am I going to sound? Um, and hearing it back after, once I saw the video, I was definitely pleased with it. Word. But I just remember feeling Word. nervous about that. I'm like, how the fuck am I going <laughs> to sing, man? I don't sing out here. <laughs> and it was good. It turned out for the better. Um, then fast forward, right? So that was 2016. That was, that was then. This is now. Um, then three more years, I take. No, two and a half years. Two and a half years working on Word to the Wise. Right when I finished that was then, this is now, was when I was... Right at the end of finishing that CD, I remember like the day of is when I was writing One Love. So One Love, like I told you guys, almost three years, that record was on the shelf, like waiting, yeah. waiting, waiting. And that was kind of like, um, that was the, the, the kickstart to this album. So Word to the Wise. Um, so where on that was then, this is now, you got a lot of variety, instrumental-wise, you know, a lot of different beats, um, new school blends with old school, all these different sounds. And now we move forward two and a half years, I dropped Word to the Wise, and that took more like a rewind 20 years ago. It's like a little time machine. It brings you back to that boom-bap era, that storytelling, even just the delivery of some choruses and uh, how I crafted those tracks. I feel like I really wanted to um, kind of harness that 90s vibe right there and, and deliver that. So, yeah, and that one, um, this album, too, that's when I started working with my, my new producer slash engineer. His name's L5. Shout out L5 out of Lawrence, Mass. I call him the Kanye West of the ghetto. So, <laughs> true, true, true diamond in the rough right there. And uh, super talented and one of the hardest grinding individuals I've ever, ever met in my life. Um, he engineered the album, Word to the Wise, and did like, out of the 10 tracks, 11 tracks, he wow. did like eight of the beats, I believe, too. Seven of the beats. That's dope. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, you had a huge part in that. Yes, 100%. So in terms of what you're releasing now, so we've got that. So I heard that you're, we just found out that you're working on something now. Mm. What are you working on and what can we expect from that? New album, uh, which is exciting to announce. Um, I don't think it'll be taking as long as like this two and a half year gap that mm -hmm. took me to word to the wise. Um, so I'm two and a half, three songs into this so far. And definitely the one thing to expect and look out for is something that I've been wanting to do for a while, which is... Uh, keep lyricism alive while still trying my, you know, dipping my foot in this whole new school vibe uh, as far as uh, oh. trap beats and heavy 808s and interesting. Uh, yeah, new melodies, okay. new choruses, some ad-libs. So it might sound completely so, different than, a, you know, one mic record from before. It already does. I okay. love the first two. I think they're going to get people super excited. Um, I'm still, I barely listen to rap guys, like, at all. Like, I really never listen to rap, so mm -hmm. it's really strange because you know, if you're not listening to rap and you're an artist, it's rarer and rarer and it's almost far in between where you're going to be listening to a song and get inspired to, yeah. to write. Well, that can happen even if you listen to artists you don't like. You just hear an instrumental and yeah. you're like, oh shit, I can fuck with this. And then you start writing or writing up here and you write shit down. But that don't even happen. So my inspiration uh, comes when it comes. 
it doesn't get fed by anything as far as uh, the music industry because I just be listening to jazz, funk, soul, mm. um, classic rock, man, 90s, even late 90s, early 2000s rock, um, salsa. I still be bumping oh, really? salsa music, bro. <laughs> that shit makes me happy as fuck. I don't listen to no rap, though. If I do, I, I of course, still listen to J. Cole. That's yeah, number yeah. one in the world for, for sure. me right there. Um, I, I find what he's doing to be interesting, by the way. Like, mm-hmm. The fact that, and um, this was actually going to lead to my next question, which is like the state of hip-hop currently. Mm-hmm. I find it to be very interesting because you know, I feel like a few years ago, and there was a lot of hate towards like the mumble rap era. Um, and I feel like through time, the especially the older generation, they began to like sort of embrace it because they felt like old and left out because we, you know, the youngers were like, fuck you, like yeah, we're doing 100%. our own thing. We don't, do, we don't give a fuck if you like it or not. And then the old people were like, ah, uh, all right, fuck it. We, let's see what you will. Yeah, we, we fuck with it. So I feel like J. Cole has been doing um, very, very just with Dreamville, he's just been um, sort of blending the two. You know, you still have your lyricism, but then he's been blending like the not to say it's like I don't even I feel like mumble rap is just like a a, a bad way of saying it. Um, like you call it trap music. It's like a cheap yeah. way of saying. Yeah, it. it's, yeah, it's pretty, like putting it down a little bit. But like I respect that because it's 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 a different type or it's more melodic than it is lyric, driven, yeah. which is fine. I, I t- totally I get it. Um, but the way J Cole's been blending the two, so you have a little bit of both, is very interesting. So that's like the new school and the old school is coming together into one. That's well, why I respect what he's doing. How he's doing it? That's fucking special, man. And and you know, it's it looked like at be- at first it was it was heading towards beef with him and a couple of the newer yeah, young guys. Yeah, yeah. And instead, he goes and meets up with dudes and yeah. tries to understand them rather than like, okay, you want to talk like that about me, J Cole? Let me go to war. Let yeah, me bring out exactly. some real heat and diss tracks. Yeah. He takes a step back. Because we know he could kill him. Like, that's, yeah. that's out of the question. Like, yeah. of course. Yeah. That's a no-brainer, that's bro. Like, that's like somebody who's like a black belt in like jiu-jitsu, like fighting somebody who's just like on the street. <laughs> yeah. trying to, like, it's never a random guy. Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> so like, think of the wisdom, man. Give the, give the man the illest props ever because no pride in a decision like that is what it seems like to me because yeah. he could have felt you know, disrespected that they even would challenge him. Him being him and him yeah. being a god of words, you know what I'm saying, when it comes to rap. But he chose the wise road and he um, he decided to not only get to know them, meet up with them, understand why they write what they write, who they are as mm-hmm. people, rather than trying to assume them and put them in this bubble with everybody else who likes their similar things. Yeah. That's ill. And I think a lot of people can learn from that, not even just sure. musically. Um, it was a dope decision. He's integrating these guys. Like the recent Dreamville album he dropped, mm-hmm. he got a ton of these new school dudes on there. Um, me, personally, I still try to listen to them, but I find myself, and no disrespect intended, it's just not my um, cup of tea. It doesn't interest me when I hear a lot of the new school rappers. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, that's just based off a small basket. Yeah. Like if I listen to more, I'd probably be more... But you know what, what's it. beautiful with that? Like the fact that like nobody has to listen to whatever they don't like, but with hip-hop nowadays, because hip-hop is the now the mainstream genre it's mm. it's overtaken pop music you yeah. know like hip most people listen to hip-hop music we got, we got hip-hop in country now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly and so there's within hip-hop music the genre there's a bunch of sub-genres so hip-hop now has all sorts it's not just like if you like you know like rap you listen to rap it's like there's everything for everybody there's um you know there's trap rap there's like more lyric driven there's like more like more like 
blues, like like jazzy type raps. There's all sorts of like different subgenres of rap music. So it's like you don't fuck with one. There's bound to be something yeah. you like. Um, I hear that all the time from people who didn't like rap before because all they, they, all they listened to was the stuff that was on the radio. And then like and this is mainly when I say that I'm talking about like you know white people who listen to like 80s hair metal. You know, and then like <laughs> yeah. you know then they like oh fuck rap. And then like because they listen to whatever the fuck was on like Gemini 945 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then um, you know then they hear something that they actually fu- like like a Kendrick record for example, and they're like oh. Oh, you can be that too. Okay, and then they start listening to rap, and then now they love it. Like I was just having a conversation with one of my students the other day, where he's like, "Yeah, I never listened to it before until recently. Now, like, that's all he listens Open to." The floodgates. Yeah, it opens. Because <laughs> you, you realize there's more. There's so many subgenres that you may not not like that gangster rap record you heard because it's not you at all. But then you might fuck with this like skateboard rapper that you might yeah. really kind of identify with. So there's something for everyone. That's beautiful. I agree, more than ever. Um. So yeah, man, that's what I'm trying to do now. I'm trying to. Cool. Trying to test the waters with this new stuff. Um, very, very happy with um, the first two tracks I got so far. Um, and by the way that they're coming out, because I just did these within like the last two weeks. Um, I'm hoping to have this record out at least like seven, eight tracks by fall, this fall. So we'll see. We'll see where nice. it goes. It's coming right up. Yeah. It's coming right up. I think so. So you mentioned before having like it taking seven years before releasing the first album. Mm. Man. Holy <laughs> shit. So, it's a lot what of kept downs. you going? <laughs> what um, kept you going? Love for it. Love okay. for it. Um, definitely not a lot of other people. Um, people say ups and downs, but I wish it was ups. It was like mostly a lot of downs, man. Not a lot of successes. You know, a lot of people, they'll dip. They'll, they'll bounce from whatever passion they got if, if they're not seeing um, success and also some undeserved success. It's good. It humbled me. I was I was actually mad arrogant, man. So like when I started out, I, I could do punchlines. I was since a little kid, since I was seven, eight years old, I would listen to even the legends that are past and gone or still alive, and I would be like, damn, he should have worded this like this. Could it would have rhymed tri- triple or quadruple syllables instead of one or two? As a little kid, for singers and rappers, when I would listen to them on the radio and on TV, so I always knew I liked it a little bit differently than other people. I listened a little differently, um, and they would always uh, they would work my imagination. Um, but I was arrogant when I started, bro. Like, even to people out loud, I'm, I was not the person I am today. And it was good. I needed to go through that all, bro. Um, I even got checked by a few people really? on the spot, out loud, behind my back, that I would find out, like, what they would say about my music or me as a person. Um, wow. And it's good. It's good. Yeah. I embrace it. Back then, I felt hurt, like, double-crossed and shit. Yeah. But it all makes sense, man. And uh, so going through that seven years... I just stuck with it. Like, I skateboarded for nine years, maybe longer, and I ended up leaving because of uh, injury, just fucking up my ankle over and over again. Um, but I've had that. I, my other passion was drawing for, like, 15 years and also um, um, basketball, too. So to get my fourth passion in life, I'm very grateful for. Most people live 80 years and don't even find one. Yeah. So yeah. this is the one I've stuck with, man. Those seven years, they made me who I am today. I almost feel like I even said it in a couple of records where I expressed it felt like a rebirth, like as a person, as an artist, man, and I just grew from all of that. Um, but definitely a lot of thinking I was going to give up and a lot of times where I wanted to quit. There was like my first show I had in Manchester, New Hampshire. It was dope. Everybody came out. This was in like probably 2012, so before the first album. And like everybody came out because like they saw I've been doing it for a while now and of course they're going to support for the first show. Then a couple shows later, I had one where nobody came, bro. It was like a couple people. 
empty, just empty, empty. And I had to, excuse me, I remember on the ride back, like, the feelings, the feelings, yeah. the feelings, the feelings, the wanting to quit. But also speaking to myself and just being like, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. I had to, I had to recently actually, like, watch that. Um, there's a rapper that I really respect. Um, um, and I went to a show that was more like, um, kind of like this, like, 15 minutes, like, a bunch of acts get to go on kind of thing. Nobody's really headlining, so you get your own spot. Mm-hmm. And nobody went. Like, it was me. I brought, like, four or five people. They came. And then <laughs> maybe there was, like, a, maybe another 10 or 15 people that came on top of that. Um, and this rapper completely, fully in- invested. Like, you can just tell just by the, the aura, like, very ambitious and thinks very highly of himself. And just giving them, giving the audience, even though there was nobody, is all. And you just see it. And I just like, I felt bad that there was not more people to support because you could just tell when somebody's just like, I want this. Like, this is mine. I want it. And there's just nobody come out. Like, that's got to be hard to perform. How do you perform in front of an audience like that, man? I, I felt like, I felt like an asshole because there was like, there was like four or five people, bro. So even less, I'm talking, right? But I didn't go. And I was supposed to be last, so like a lot of oh. the people that performed earlier, um, their friends left and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, being an artist is tough, man, because like even years later, like now I definitely have more successes and, and good memories of all this stuff. That's that's a that's a huge afterthought now and a distant memory, but I'll never ever ever forget the feeling. Um, but still, like imagine you're 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 hype all night and you're about to hit the stage, so you gotta. I stay like Kobe mode. I, I used to always call it the black that mama mentality, right? Like, my friends will be telling me jokes all night, and I'm just like, nope. <laughs> like, I'm not ready to laugh right now. I'm game mode the whole way, bro. And they've seen that for all the years. It's still, that's still me to this day. Imagine your your whole mindset is to go on this stage right now with energy and want to kill it. But the whole night, you're getting text messages from people like, oh, I can't make it because of this. Or I said I would be there, but yo, I'll definitely be around the next one. So you got to, like, just shut off your phone and just, like, still keep your energy there and ready to go. But there's a lot of disappointing stuff that can happen like that that other people that don't perform, you know, they're not really wary of. Yeah. But it's tough, man. And uh, besides that, the seven years, I think what was tougher was uh, engineer and engineer and engineer, studio, studio, studio. I can't get, I can't go forward without mentioning Jay White. Um, Jay White was the first person ever that gave me an opportunity to record. This is like around 2011, 2010, and um, it was fun. He's, he was even there when we coined the name One Mike, and we knew that uh, that would be my artist name going yeah. forward, him and my other boy Steve. And um, just nights like that, I was broke, I wasn't working, and dude lived like an hour up north, and he'll come and like pick me up, drive all the way down, scoop me up, I'll sleep over. All night, he'll just be cooking beats. He was a drummer, he was in a band, really musically talented, he was a man. But he also loved producing, engineering, and he did all this for free and gave me that opportunity. And um, I got to develop and really like spread my wings right under him. And we, we rocked for like two years. And what happened, why I stopped working with him is because I, I wanted to start remixing industry beats, mm. do songs on beats that were... Cool popular. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's like a thing rappers like to do. Yeah. So at first I was trying to do that. And he's like, nah, man, what the fuck? I'm recording you for free, bro. Like, work on my fucking beats. Yeah. Which is so reasonable, right? Yeah, like, yeah, looking sure. back. So, reasonable request. Yeah, man. And it was special, though. It was special. Um, after him, I, I sounded worse. Like, the other other studios I was going mm-hmm. to, 
no confidence vocally. Like after this, I would like to actually show y'all. You would not fucking believe those records. I, I'm talking bullshit. I'm talking like diamonds and side bitches oh, and no. literally, <laughs> I'm an alien compared to who I am now. Like complete yeah. opposite. Mm. Could I ask you how did that happen? Like what 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 did you what enlightened you to to get to that point where that stuff didn't really care, you didn't care about those things anymore? That show, I think. That show that I told you about because I was on the ride home, bro. Like, I was almost teary-eyed. I'll keep it 100 with you guys. And the feeling inside me was like, quit. I want to quit. I want to quit. Nah, I can't quit. Nah, but I want to quit. Like, there's something wrong. And everything that, you know, culminated from that, everything that was building inside of me was like, I got to check myself. You know, why the hell would I walk away? Let me change something. If they're not here, there's for a reason. If you were fired, they would be here. They would find a way. It don't matter if they work early. If you're good, they're going to be here. But if they already came to a couple and they know what you're going to give, come on, man. Don't be mad at nobody. Check yourself at the front door and fix this shit. Um, so that's where I stopped. And I stopped writing records like that. I decided I want to, which isn't easy, by the way, trying to write about past experiences. Mm-hmm. So in all fairness to artists out there, like, I be talking shit a lot, I know, when I'm with friends about artists, just rapping about whatever. It's not that easy to also just bring up your past and do it in a creative way for people who have been through similar things, you know, like, and, and, and do it in a storytelling fashion yeah. and also make a record. That's just not easy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, a lot of people don't know how to describe them, so yeah. I wanted to also for years, but that was when, you know, that was the turning point for sure. And um, that's why um, I went back to the drawing board, bro, and I just started writing about life experiences. I remember going to my notepad and instead of just trying to develop a rhyme at first, I would do like bulletins. Bulletins of uh, certain events. It could be a catastrophic one. It could be a good memory, bad memory, anything. Anything. Do them as bulletins and then just uh, work every one of them until I put them all (laughs) together or I figure out this chorus came from this and that's how I started uh, doing my stuff right there. Oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. And rest in peace to Jay White as well too. That was a First producer, so he ended up wow. passing. And um, rest in peace. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was a good soul, uh, and I did a beautiful record for him on that was then. This is now that I got to share with his uh, fiance to be. So, Word. yeah. Word, man. Rest so I gotta peace. had to bring him up. He's a huge, huge, huge part of who I am, and in fact, probably he was definitely the the, the spark to start it all. Dope. Mm-hmm. Dope. Cool. Um, so recently, you had to change your name. Mm-hmm. So what happened with that? Like, why did you change your name? Um, for legal reasons. There's another one, Mike, who's uh, he's been using the name for years as well too. Mm. And um, he finally trademarked it. He beat us to the punch. Yeah. I gotta give him credit, man. I can't hate. So he trademarked it, and um, they took my shit off of YouTube. They deleted all my videos. I could have been doing the same thing. Me and my manager had the paperwork in there for a long time, like two and a half year process and just never uh, completed it. Mm-hmm. So he did it first. I got to give him props, you know what I'm saying? And he messaged me out of respect too. He actually did send me a message. He's like, yo, um, just so you know, I put the trademark through. So if you want to go and change your stuff so it doesn't get taken down and I didn't work in a orderly fashion, or at least fast enough. So yeah. my YouTube shit, all the thousands of views, thousands of likes, um, gone. But... We changed it. We changed it from O-N-E-M-I-K-E to numerical, number one, M-I-K-E. So one, M-I-K-E, the number one. And uh, we just trademarked that, too. So Word. hopefully Word. we don't have to run into no more legal issues. I know they got, like, there's two tech nines, 
different spelling. Yeah, yeah the different spelling. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I was even thinking of changing my name because yeah. there's a lot of one mics out there just like all over the place for years. Yeah. And then people like everyone when I said that to any one of my friends, they thought it was fucking blasphemous. They're like, "No, you don't." Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember when you called me and talked about that. I was, I was because we were about to shoot the video for mm-hmm. One Love. Um, um, or did we already shoot it? I forgot if we already shot it or we're about to shoot it. But whatever, it was just pr- the conversation was don't post it with uh, the way I spelled it before. Um, O-N-E-M-I-K-E because like all my shit just got taken down. I just remember you like, <laughs> man, it sounded like somebody just punched you in the gut. Like, yeah. And at the same time, while I was talking to you, I was like in the side of this fucking shitty ass factory job. I was just working. So like life was pretty awesome yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at that point. <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah, that shit, you can't, yeah. I couldn't imagine anything much worse than that for an artist when you got like videos and history and comments and likes yeah. that go back to like 2013. So, um, that was I, tough I to deal you. with, but I it's just, it. uh, it'll be a memory just like everything yeah. else. Just keep releasing more shit. I won't even think about that anymore. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. My only recommendation, like if you were going to change anything, like I, one mic, the way you spelt it is fine. Hopefully like <laughs> nothing, there's no problems with that. I'm not sure legally, like if anybody can do anything now unless there's another one mic out there that we don't know about (laughs) no there there are like but not on professional gotcha just just like when it was o-n-e-m-i-k-e once you put in a trademark though that should have stamped because before you hit me i was gonna say you should just go by mikey abreu just go by your full name you know like kendrick lamar goes back put it that way too that actually sounds pretty good yeah but then people are used to me. Yeah. People just call me one mic, right? Like, yeah. it's kind of like stuff. I got that's what. That's why I think if it's not the exact, exact dude, that's tough when you got the exact. Gotta get crossed out. The, the <laughs> one. Oh, at first, man. that's what was scary. But then I was like, you, I wouldn't have to. No, nah, it's a, it's, it's a relic, dude. It's like, a chapter, exactly. a chapter of my life too. Yeah. And also, that's the first uh, one life, one love, one yeah. mic. Is the first track of my first yeah. album. I don't think I give away the name one mic. Like if you stay one mic, that's good. But if you were gonna, ch- if you had to change it, anything else, I think it should just be your name. Mm-hmm. Um, cause like it's it sounds clean. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's dope. Yeah. Just like Kendrick Lamar. Let's just go by your name. Yeah. Um, you know. Um, but yeah, man. Sorry that you had to go through. That's tough. It is. It is. Uh, definitely a heavy blow. But any recommend any like su- any advice off of that you want to give to any sort of future uh you know artists artists to stay on top of that and don't do what i did um because that shit is expensive man the trademarking and all that and especially i don't be working so like i said i'm blessed to have a manager to really invest in me like that and i say if you're really about it if you're really professional get that shit taken care of because that's your brand that's all your music that's you man and if your shit gets deleted and you don't have no backups what I'd be saying would be a hell of a lot worse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. of course, If man. I didn't have copies of my videos, that would have been a hell of a lot worse. We're talking thousands of dollars wasted. Yeah. So. Well, so we're getting towards an hour. So um, if there's anything that you want to, like, plug, like anything that you're doing. Um, so, yeah. I would say the one thing that I had in mind I wanted to play was just the, the name change. Yeah. So yeah. for anybody to search in my stuff, um, just enter the number one, no space, M-I-K-E, and they should be able to find everything under that. Um, even same spelling, onemikemusic.com, that's the website. So from there, we'll have a ton of um, we'll have a ton of updates on upcoming projects, maybe a release date for the album. Cool. Um, I'll look to be dropping a single soon for this new album. I know me and Edwin are getting to work on some more music videos as well too. Um, so other than that, I think that's it. You wanna? Yeah. 
you want to talk about that real quick? I'm interested mm-hmm. in, in doing something like this live on the podcast. I have, I was actually going to save this for after the pod, but it might be interesting to sort of like talk like idea um, during the pod and see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, we're working on a video currently um, and I don't know if anything's official yet, but we've been working on the concept for She's Better, which is uh, off of Word to the Wise. Um, very interesting concept for a record. You want to talk about the record real quick? Yeah, yeah. Um, very, very honest song for me. It's on Word to the Wise. It's like the first time ever where I w- wrote a record that put me in a very vulnerable position. Um, so very deep truths. Admitting I was an unfaithful man was a big step. I think a stepping stone, especially for the women out there that I've hurt. And, you know, men, when they do shit like that, they feel like they're going to go to the grave. Excuse me. They feel like they're going to go to the grave with that shit. So for me, I felt like I was graduating into a better person, admitting these things on a song. The song itself is really cool because it starts from from the beginning. It starts as me searching for love for the perfect woman. I'm describing her fashion sense. I'm describing she loves real hip hop. I'm describing all these things that I would, you know, I would find ideal in, in, in the perfect woman. And then about like 75% into the first verse, the beat drops. It goes from this whole positive and like fun sounding type of song, the beat drops and it gets dark. And it's like, let me admit my worst mistakes. <clears throat> and the whole record takes a whole turn from there. And um, you know, it's called She's Better. So when you're first listening to the track, you're thinking I'm describing a girl that's better than the past ones. But once the beat changes and I start admitting my mistakes, like, hold up, wait, this ain't no song about him searching for love or for no new girl. Once it gets to the chorus, they realize that I'm saying she's better off without me. That new girl, she's probably better off without <laughs> me. The old girls are definitely better off without me uh, until I become a better person. And uh, <clears throat> then the second verse is all specifically about one girl that I dated recently. I mean, it was the longest, and I just did what I always did. You know, you, you're, you're devoted to them and committed at first, and then I always stray away, and I start being a man a typical guy that uh, just does the wrong shit and loses focus on what's special until it's gone. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, I tell the story like that and it goes back to the chorus. It's more or less like an anthem. Um, a lot of my female women applaud it and, and they love what I'm trying to do in rap. Yeah. So not just up here like sounding like every other rapper, just telling a lot of truth. And I, I think I became a better person from it. Time will tell, but uh, that's essentially what the record's about. I thought that was a good record, and I actually, like, I remember you called me up one day, and, like, I'm driving around, and you were like, I don't know if this is the record that we should focus on next for the video. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know, man. I feel like this record, especially for, like, the female audience, because, like, um, I feel like, especially in today's age, with, like, I, I think everybody's just a little bit more promiscuous as they were before. Most, like, <laughs> Most uh, you know, you can throw on, a, like, a few apps, you <laughs> He gets some <laughs> pussy by the end of the night. Right? Just, you know, like it just it, like that today's. Day. That's just how today's society works. It's like it's it's out there for the taking. Um, so I thought it was an interesting record. Cause I'm sure be, because of that, many people probably get hurt because there's so many different ways to like either cheat on somebody or just like your eyes wander, or your interest wanes because there's just so much accessibility to somebody else that I thought this record, anybody could relate. I, I would say like women could definitely relate to, but men can also definitely relate to because it happens on both ends. Sure. Um, and so I remember fighting you on that because you're like, I don't know how I feel about it anymore. I feel like we should do some other record. I was like, this record <laughs> needs to be the one because I feel like people need to hear it, man. I feel like people on both ends, whether it be the person that had to get like cut off somebody because they knew they weren't the right person or the person that got hurt. Gotcha. It's like, it just feels good on both ends. Um, and so 
Yeah, man. That's uh, I think um, as far as we like, I'm concerned, it's it's still the next video that we'll shoot for your record, right? For sure, for sure, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, just me figuring out life lately. That's where I've been like kind of under a rock and shit. Yeah. But we'll see because if I'm finding out tomorrow if I get this good job, which I think will help my career as well too. Um, as far as providing funds and whatnot yeah. and doing things and also lifting my spirit up a little because. You know that cabin fever shit will fuck you up pretty bad. You mind talking about that a little bit? Like, uh, yeah. so you know, this is like the the side of you know being an artist that I feel like people don't like to talk about. But you know, this is the reason we have this podcast because this is the part of the the part we want to talk about, which is like the process of supporting yourself. Because mm-hmm. like most of us, like we're not getting like you know these fat Spotify checks, you know, whatever. Like, how do you support yourself as an artist? A lot of times, it takes working shitty jobs. Yeah. Man, and, uh, Luckily for me, like, I don't have a lot of um, things I have to pay off in life, a couple yeah. bills and shit, so all the money can go towards it, but staying at places, doing whatever you can to scrap whatever money together, it's got to be way harder for other people uh, that don't have a manager like me who, who's able to provide in that sense, too, um, as far as the funds go. Yeah. But yeah, man, the fucking, the shit costs money. Like, if you want to make records and just have whoever record you, that's okay, too, but um, I stressed to you guys earlier, we're obsessed with quality, so in studio time, we waste, not waste, terrible word, we spent thousands of dollars, we spent thousands of dollars, man, um, definitely in the past on directors, on video quality, every single video gets better every time, so that's a, another way of me saying how we always want to one-up, you know, the, the previous project, yeah. album-wise and video-wise, we always want to do better. But quality, man, if you want a good engineer, you want a good studio, you want good instrumentals, you have to pay for all these things, man. And a lot of artists just want to be gifted that, you know, and they feel like it's like this undeserved uh, sense of accomplishment. I felt it when I was 20, 21, 22, starting out. I'm like, I'm so fucking nice, man. I don't need to be paying. They should be paying me to do this shit. (laughs) That was literally a thing. That was my mentality. I was like, someone needs to take notice of this and put me on and pay for my shit because I'm that nice. That's fucking crazy. That's crazy. So now uh, it feels a hell of a lot better uh, knowing that we have full control of, like, the quality that we want and um, not rushing projects. There's no pressure from nobody. I already put so much pressure on myself that... That's why I can take so long with these projects. Yeah. Just take my time, find, craft them, tune them to, how, you know, to my liking, and uh, that's what it takes. But definitely, it's expensive. It is expensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about um? So within all the dedication and sacrifice, and to make sure that your voice is heard, and you're putting out records, and you're making music you love, why even fucking do it? Like, why do why do you want people to listen to you so much? What about what you're saying is so important? You think that people should listen to? I think. What's important uh, as far as why they should listen to it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and what are you saying that's different from uh, what other people are saying? To summarize it, I think a positive message has been consistent since first album, second, third, fourth, every track, pretty much up and down, man. Just a positive message, a dude that's real with himself and realistic about life, um, somebody who's aware of what they want. took me a long time to get here, but I don't make records just to please ears. My records are very, 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 uh, what's the word? I'm very meticulous about what I want to say on it's the It's very layered. For sure. I yeah. want to make sure the message that I get across, whether it's a different message on track to track, they at least always embody a positive message. Yeah. Every single bar that I that I write, every single bar is true. There's no fillers. Um, I'm obsessed for, for lyrical lovers. I'm obsessed with syllabalizing, so I think mm-hmm. I, I please the ear when it comes to syllable. Very syllable heavy. 
I still love uh, I still love that piece of writing records, that old school mentality, you know, being witty with your words, word placement, and what you want to say. But <clears throat> what makes me different is that I continue to be me in an industry that does nothing but try to convince you to not be yourself. Yeah. So um, that's the main piece, just being true to myself. And um, I feel like people that don't even know me, they could feel as genuine on the records, man. Yeah, so for sure. not putting up this facade, not not sacrificing my happiness. Why I do it after all this year, all these years and all this time is because of the feeling that it gives me, bro. Like nothing, nothing can match the feeling. Even just simply when you uh, when you finish one song before I even get to the studio, the excitement is still there. If not, it's more than ever. Finishing a record or even the process of finishing and liking it so far, putting your final stamp, the final sentence in, getting ready, going to your producer after that and being like, yo, here, I got everything ready. Let's sit down together so we know where to do the beat drops and how long to make this verse and this chorus. Let's change the instrumental here. Let's do that. Now let's go record it. Boom. Now it's stamped. Now I'm excited. Now I get to think about putting it out. Now I get to hear what they also think about yeah. it. But I know I love this shit <laughs> 10 out of 10. But I'm excited to show everybody else. I think one thing that I've, I've taken strongly and, you know, I can remember too throughout all these years is every time I deliver and I drop something, my fans that have been with me and stuck with me, they realize that it's always better than the previous work. Yeah, yeah. Always, always. I, I told you that on the on the most recent record too. Mm -hmm. Like, like, and I like every record that you that you release. Like, there's always something to take from, which I love about it. Like, there's always a me you always go out of your way to make sure there's a message in your music, and that's I that's not easy to do. People, a lot of people don't even think like that. You know, right. they're just trying to rap and trying to make it sound good. But you, you're like, okay, I'm gonna try to make it sound good. I'm gonna try to rap. But I'm going to try to leave them with something, you know, I'm going to try to teach them a little bit of something, you know, without being too overly preachy, just being real. Mm -hmm. um, and I told you that on this last record, that really had me feel like I walked away, especially like with like just listening to One Love. And that's why I want to do that. That's why I want to shoot the video for that. Cause mm -hmm. I, you walk away like, damn, like you're visualizing. Yeah. Issues, oh, yeah. You mm -hmm. like you paint the picture so well. And like by the end of it, like you you just you know, you if you didn't know it before, even if you did know it, it just you you feel it more when you walk away from it, you know. Yeah. Um, man, it's definitely not, it's definitely not easy. I said to keep a message involved every time, bro. Like, yeah. especially this industry, like rappers, they don't even care. They don't even want they They're not even at the beginning, like service level to start caring to want a message. Yeah. They just want to rhyme. Um, and say, they really are saying the same shit. And, you know, I'm not putting everybody, the majority in this basket, but they're telling the same story with the same words. They're yeah. not even saying the same shit differently with different word choices. They are literally describing the, the same thing for the most part. And again, I'm a fair guy. If I listened to more rap, that probably wouldn't be such the case in my mind. I'm, I'm aware of that. Um, and I try not to be so cynical about the whole rap game. I just tend to not listen to it so that I won't you know, have this mentality. Um, so I don't know much that's going on in the game. I just know that... Um, the other genres are what I use to pull influence from now and inspiration from. And that's what I've been doing now for like five years. Less and less and less and less to the point where I barely ever listen to it no more. Mm. But I can guarantee uh, for the upcoming stuff, I'm definitely going to deliver something different, something new, and won't let my fans down as well. Too. Word, so, man. Cool. Awesome. And again, when do you think that's going to drop, the new, the new stuff? If fall continues like now, like the way I've been pumping all lyrics, uh, by the fall time, a couple Oof. months. Couple wow, months that's like a couple months away. That's mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, heard. Keep, you heard keep, it. Yeah. Stay tuned. You might get a new, you know, one mic record sooner rather, you know, sooner rather than later. Yeah. Sure. Um. But thank you for being on, man. We appreciate you coming over here. 
um, and talking to us, Definitely man. Definitely appreciate it. Of course, of course. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, man. Cool. Um, all right. Thank you guys for tuning in. That's uh, that's up four with one mic. Yeah, we did it. We did it. Number four. <laughs> all right. Peace.